Good to see you guys. Um, let's look at that title, you know, Israel and its role in the end times, and we're going to touch on that and then get into some prophecy that's, you know, again, happening all around us as fast as we can, can bring it in. Uh, regarding updates on Israel, a couple of updates in a week, big updates. One is the Gazan conflict. I don't know how much you guys have seen about that, but um, right after I spoke last week, the... Um, the, the Israelis actually struck in Gaza. Gaza's a strip, a uh, little geography here. You've got Israel, and then there's a strip in the extreme southwestern corner of Israel. And it's called the Gaza Strip because it's a strip of land. It's only about 20 miles long and 6 miles wide that um, is now home to 2 million Palestinians crammed into that small area. And it's a source of incredible conflict and hostility towards Israel, as you might imagine. But anyway, they, Israel, um, and there have been several skirmishes and, and battles and wars fought there between Israel and the Palestinian Jihad. Well, uh, last week, the Israelis arrested a guy in the West Bank, an Arab, and through him they got information. Yeah, thank you. Got information that um, the, um, the, uh, the radicals in Gaza there are good people in Gaza, you know. The, the problem is the, the leaders of the Palestinian jihadists and others, Hezbollah, they, they use Gaza and packed with people as areas to launch rockets into Israel from population centers. They literally hide behind women and children to do this. But anyway, they, had, uh, they got intelligence that the people there in Gaza were about to fire uh, some pretty serious weapons against Israelis in southern Israel, just to the north of that Gaza Strip there. And uh, so they raided it. Uh, they didn't raid it, they bombed it. And they, they hit some, some major depot areas, uh, rocket manufacturing areas and things like that. So that went on for three days. Um, they, the Palestinian Yihad in Gaza launched 1,100 rockets against southern Israel. I mean, can you imagine 1,100 rockets heading towards Lake Village? What would we do? The Iron Dome system of Israel's, their anti-rocket, even hits mortar shells in midair. It's an incredible piece of technology. In fact, the United States has bought a system uh, recently from Israel for us to use. It's so good. But um, that system is so good, um, there were zero fatalities or even major injuries uh, among uh, Jews. And about 200 of those 1,100 rockets, actually, it's kind of sad, fell in Gaza itself and killed a bunch of people that lived in Gaza. So anyway, that lasted about three days. It was very intense. Uh, you can see plenty of videos about it uh, if you search for them. Um, so that uh, major thing that's happened. Thankfully, Hezbollah did not get involved. Again, Hezbollah, you've got the south of Israel here. Lebanon is in the north and borders uh, Israel. Uh, there used to be what we call a friendly fence there because they had friendly relationships. Well, as Liberta found out a few years ago when we were there, the fence is not so friendly anymore. <laughs> when Shred and I were there with our girls, we got pictures of the, our girls with IDF uh, members, and it was real friendly. Well, I wanted Liberta to see it, so we went back, and there are minefields and signs that says, you know, go past here and you will be killed and all that. Liberta literally parked on a hill so she could see Lebanon. She literally ran like a girl away to the car. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> she, 
screamed like a girl. <laughs> so anyway, um, but anyway, yeah. All of them, yeah, all of them, and that's a good point. The the, the lies. Israel gets blamed for everything. But Israel has great videos, and you can see those online. It's great of uh, these rockets going and then puttering out and then just falling uh, on their own people. But, um, yeah. Martin, that's an excellent question. I'm glad you brought it up. You don't. I, I get all this through, you know, a few apps. Uh, you've heard me speak of Amir Safarti many times, beholdisrael.org. He's exceptional if you really want to stay up to date with it. I mean, this guy, he might post 20 times a day with videos and pictures. So why does the, we don't hear it. If you go to any news agency here, you are not going to hear this stuff, guys. And that's why I really, you know, I guess what I, part of what I'd like for you to come away with with my talks here is the need to not depend on the media. They're not going to tell you the truth about Israel. They're not even going to report most of it, like Marty said, and that's a good point. Why? Because there's an incredible bias against Israel, and we know that's Satan-induced, and talk about needing to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for Israel's leaders, too, because they're, Israel's not going in a good direction politically over there. But uh, yeah, Marty, and, and that's a good point. So we encourage you to look for other sources, and uh, we encourage you to keep up with it for, for all these reasons we've talked about. God, God really wants you to. He wants you to support Israel. The second thing that happened just this week, yo. Oh, yes, good point, too. Wait. All of these militias are backed by Iran, every single one of them, uh, whether it's the Houthis in Yemen, or it's the um, Islamic Jihad in Gaza, Hezbollah um, in Lebanon, and also some of the Syrians, all backed by Iran, all backed by uh, Now they want to nuke them, <laughs> you know, and, and that's something we've talked about, but it's, uh, it's, it's come along, and one of the, the terrible things is this administration is hell-bent on reviving this crazy Iran nuclear deal, you all, and it's just a work of the devil, and it's just crazy. I can't get my mind around why they want to revive it. I mean, we've talked about what Iran has done, it's not so clandestinely. It's, it's, you know, they admit what they're doing, um, and still we're just marching off this blind cliff to relieve their sanctions and probably give them billions of dollars again, and that's just got to be Satan. I mean, it's, it, I can't figure it out. But, uh, yeah, speaking of Iran, is the other thing that happened this week is Iran has launched, well, Russia has launched, a Iranian surveillance or intelligence satellite from Russia for Iran. So, again, there's this collaboration we showed last week and the weeks before of, you know, Iran and Russia and, of course, Turkey. So that's a big thing. So now the Iranians have a reconnaissance satellite, and they can peer right down into all of Israel. So, you know, Israel's aware of this, and in the natural, it looks pretty scary for Israel, but they're going to be okay. 
But, but terrible times are coming. And Israel knows terrible times are coming. They know that there is going to be a war with Lebanon, Hezbollah in the north. And it's going to be horrible, guys. And Israel is going to take a lot of casualties. And they know this. And they say they are. And they're preparing their people for it. When you've got 100 to 150,000 rockets, some of them high-precision rockets aimed at you, they can cover every inch of Israel. So it's coming. Um, uh, I hope it's a while coming. So that's it for updates. Back to our, our prophetical thing. Okay. Um, we've talked about all the signs of the times. I think we're now in the, the time of the signs. Um, but let's talk about that some more. We've talked about famine, earthquakes, and all that stuff. How many of you know that one of the signs of the end times is an increase in transportation and travel? You all know that? Okay, good. We're going to learn about tonight. How many of you know that one of the signs of the time is an increase in knowledge? Great. We've got fertile ground here. Good. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to work on that. Hunter, do you have that one slide on Daniel? Okay. Um, this is Daniel 12.1. We're going we're gonna to read that. We're going to go through 12.4 because the fourth verse is where really uh, I want to comment on. But this is <clears throat> the few verses here is setting up the stage for when this is going to happen. No doubt it's at that time. It's the end time. At that time, Michael, and oh, let me set the stage. Daniel is being visited by an angel that's telling Daniel a story and a story, but visions of the end times, what it's going to be like. So it wasn't just, you know, Ezekiel and John who wrote Revelation, but Daniel as well had a vision of the last days. At that time, Michael, the prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then, obviously the end times. But at that time, your people, the Jewish people, Everyone whose name is found written in the book will to be delivered. Be delivered, <laughs> okay? Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Very Christian doctrine there, guys. And this is the verse I was going to talk about. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. So there we have two signs of the end of days. Knowledge increased and transportation and um, speed increased. So as I mentioned to you guys last week, I wanted to talk on these various signs last week and this week on evidence, concrete evidence that these things are happening, not hearsay or emotions or anything like that. So let's uh, talk about travel first. You know, you all know travel has greatly increased in the years since the years past. That's obvious. We, we get to experience it every single day. Um, the... Uh, so a, a noted increase in travel will mark the time just prior to the return of Jesus. And in Daniel's day, horses were the fastest transportation available. So this was about two and a half thousand years ago. Horses were still the fastest transportation available until the, the late 1800s when locomotives and 
cars came into place. So travel increased at that point. In fact, back really until the mid-1800s, most people born never traveled more than a few dozen miles from their birthplace in their entire life. So we, we you know, humanity did not have this incredible travel and knowledge of travel uh, that we have now. And we kind of, you know, we all take things for granted. Well, what about travel today? Uh, I looked up, you know, the longest nonstop commercial flight in the world takes 19 hours. And it goes from Singapore to New York City by Singapore Airlines. It travels 10,400 miles. Well, the circumference of the Earth is about 25,000 miles. So this flight goes just under halfway around the Earth. And you, so you can get almost halfway around the Earth in 19 hours. Yeah, so by the time, you know what time it is? It's almost 8, by the time, you know, we go to bed, we sleep, and by, you know, what, 3, 4, 3 p.m., Tomorrow, we could be halfway around the Earth. Let's travel. <coughs> the um, International Space Station, it's up about uh, three to 400 miles above our heads right now. It's moving at 17,500 miles an hour to maintain orbit. And that's pretty fast. It circles the whole Earth every 90 minutes. So that's pretty fast. What about the Apollo missions that went to the moon to escape the uh, Earth's gravity and get into the moon's pull? They had to escape the gravitational pull of the Earth, and that took a speed of about 25,000 miles an hour, which is seven miles a second. So how fast is that? Well, if we left here on the Apollo space station to go to Dermot left, we're now in Dermot, McGee. Sorry, McGee, it's exactly 21 miles, I checked it. So we'd be in, in McGee that quick. So travel has definitely increased, whether it's Earth or to the moon. Let's talk about knowledge. Knowledge is astounding, what's happened. It, it kind of leaves travel in the dust, pun intended, I guess. But uh, knowledge is just incredible. Uh, so what's happening to our brains? Well, they're either they're running to stay kept up, but you know, they're kind of getting behind the eight ball there for the brain. Knowledge. Let's think about that for a moment. We all use the Internet every day, one way or the other. We all use the Internet. So we're all familiar with the Internet. And this is what I learned about the Internet. In 1990, not that long ago for some of us, uh, there was one website just in 1990, which yeah, not that long ago. Six years later, there were more than 100,000 websites. It's 1996. Ten years later, in 2006, there were a hundred million websites. Today, the number of websites is estimated to be 600 million websites. So you'll never get, you know, bored perusing the internet. Some of us are halfway there by now. <laughs> um, what about knowledge? How quickly is it growing? Well, in 1900, knowledge doubled about every 100 years. So you took the amount of knowledge there, and in 100 years, you'd have too much, two twice that, you know, twice that much knowledge. Well, by World War II, knowledge was doubling every 25 years. So it really picked up. Several years ago, I remember when we kind of got into personal computers, wow, it was doubling every seven years. In 2013, it was doubling every 13 months. 
So if you have trouble keeping up with anything you're interested in, it's not your fault. I mean, I can remember back when I graduated med school and came to work here in Lake Village as a doctor, I really did a fair job keeping up with everything to some degree. Uh, and man, I remember when it became impossible, you know, uh, totally impossible. So in 1900, doubled every 100 years. World War II, every, doubled every 25 years. So the point I'm trying to give you guys is evidence that this stuff that Daniel talked about is real. So um, 15 years ago, it doubled every seven years. 2013, it doubled every um, 13 months. And today, this is a graphic. Wow. Yeah. All human knowledge put together is doubling every 12 hours. So I woke up more than 12 hours ago, and from the time I woke up, knowledge has already doubled. It's astounding. So no wonder you can't keep up with everything. Yes? No. To be known, yes. Oh, if only we could. But no, this is where supercomputing comes in, too. Um, I have watched a lot on supercomputing and uh, artificial intelligence. And, um, you know, the, gra the, the graph's just going straight up. It's just astounding. Um, I was, I was going to speak some tonight on artificial intelligence, but the more I learned, the more I knew there would not be time. So I'm just going to leave that to your all's... Um, study. Uh, it's uh, fascinating. It can be scary. You know, there's a lot of, of uh, conspiracy theories out there about what's going to happen with artificial intelligence. Is, is it going to kill us? Well, uh, some artificial intelligence programs have said yes. Elon Musk asked one of them, you can actually talk to these machines. And they're amazing. I've, again, I've watched a lot of videos on it. They process stuff at the rate of, I wrote it down, it's a number so big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two quintillion operations per second is how fast the fastest computers are thinking now. Two quint I don't even know how many zeros are on quintillion. It's a lot uh, per second. So they can outthink any human out there. But I'll leave that at that. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about is decline in moral values. And I wanted to try to teach to, I mean, stick to teaching and not get into preaching. So, Marty, I hope I don't veer much in. I mean, all right, okay, thanks. Anyway, I want to talk about decline in moral values. Um, Hunter, do we have that next slide? Uh, let's see. There'll be terrible times. Second Timothy. Yes, Second Timothy 3.1. So, these are more signs of the end times, guys. Let's just read them, and you're going to recognize every one of these adjectives. Lovers of themselves, people will be, um, there will be terrible times in the last days. I'll just go with that up there. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. Notice anybody you know there? Brutal, not lovers of the good. 
treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. So there, you know, that, that last sentence too, having a form of godliness but denying its power. To me, I wonder if that's denoting the, the apostate church because, you know, the heathen, as Marty would say, they don't have a form of godliness. They don't care. They don't want it. So speaking, you know, Timothy speaking of a form of godliness, that's got to be, I think, people in the church. But they deny its power. And what are we to do? Have nothing to do with such people. Um, so, back into morality. I wonder what do we have up there next. I'm going to do, going to read a, a Gallup poll here to you, parts of it. And um, the Gallup poll, half of Americans rate the state of moral values in the U.S. as poor. And this was two months ago. This is the worst rating on the state of moral values the country has received in the 20 years Gallup has asked the question. Only 1% of Americans believe the state of moral values is excellent, and only 12% think they are good. In stark contrast to, I'm sorry, this assessment breaks down among party lines. Hmm, imagine that. 72% of Republicans rated moral values as poor, in stark contrast to 36% of Democrats. That's about a two-to-one difference. I'll repeat that. 72% of Republicans rated moral values as poor, whereas only 36% of Democrats thought that they were that bad. Basically, the left's concept of morality is about the lateral, uh, literal opposite of traditional American moral values. The outlook is bleak. 78% of those polled said things are only going to get worse. Gallup wrote, Americans' views of the state of moral values in the U.S. are dismal, and their expectations for the future are grim. And by the way, this was interesting. This was across the whole age spectrum. And that kind of, quite frankly, surprised me. It was not just a shift among the younger people. The 65, that's my age group, years old and older, moved just as much to the left as the 18 to 29 year old group in the last 15 years. So this is across the board. It's throughout our whole society. We can't just blame it on the young guys. Um, and it did say the best explanation seems to be that the forces pushing a higher acceptance of gay and lesbian relations and other issues are operating on the entire American culture across the age spectrum, not just on young people. So nine minutes ago, Hunter, what I'd like to do now is I'd like to move into that, um, that 19A slide perhaps. And don't have it, that's fine. Uh, what about the Campbell Soup video? Okay, we're going to watch three videos. This Campbell's. Now, I'm doing this because these are advertisements that are getting into your households and your children are seeing. And some of them are kind of brutal, I think. But we're adults. Thank you, Marty. And uh, I, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm presenting the evidence, the facts. That's what I want you guys to share. So this first one's 60 seconds long. The Levi's commercial is 60 seconds long. And then there's a, 
video that's about two minutes long that shows uh, the USSR, the Soviets recruiting video, and the US Army's recruiting video side by side. And uh, anyway, let's watch all three, then we're gonna, basically, I'm gonna stop right there, then there's one last music video, last four minutes, I wanna end this note on. We've talked about some dark stuff, I wanna end something on an up note. It was Shredda's idea, and a boss. Also asked my second spiritual advisor, Liberta, and she agreed to. Anyway, let's start that. Let's do those three videos. Dun, 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 dun. Cooper, I am your father. No, no, no. I am your father. That's got to be the worst Vader ever. <laughs> Campbell's Star Wars Soups. How about you be Chewbacca? <laughs> Made for real, real life. I'm now going to show you a ad uh, from the Russian army. And this video went viral, as I said, because somebody looped it together with an ad from the American army. And it's an incredible, just a truly incredible juxtaposition of the way one country behaves in a serious manner and in the way another country behaves, unfortunately, the United States in a completely unserious manner. This was retweeted by all, all sorts of people, including Ted Cruz, and then of course he started getting called a Russian asset and everything else. So first let's show you this Russian army video. All right, I don't speak Russia, but I, Russian, but I assume he was saying something to the effect of, you know, we're serious people and I've got to go do something and I'm fighting for my country and that's what we're going to go do. I also think Dan, was it Dan Snyder? Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder of Justice League probably directed that thing. You can see, you don't even need to know exactly what he's saying to understand. And whether you think it's propaganda or not, and we can have all of those debates, but what you're seeing is the Russian government is putting out an ad saying, we want soldiers, we want to be able to defend our country. We're going to do what we got to do. Now allow me to show you what the U.S. Army put out last week. It begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. Standing at the altar to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class. I found it. 
a way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my calling. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. What can we say? I see a, a lot of faces doing this and a lot of jaws dropped. And yeah, I think some of us are a little bit nauseated. I mean, you know, it's, you know we, just, it is as it is, guys. I pray. Like Marty said, pray. I don't think we need to critique that too much. Let's do our last video. This is a. Um, Awesome video. Uh, Liberta and I had the privilege of being at the K-Love Music Awards um, this May, I guess, in Nashville. It's really awesome, and it's a. You know, I was I was so impressed. We're gonna we saw one entertainer there, and Shredda mentioned last week. She said, you know, I think she Shred just come across this video, this song of this guy's song, I guess, and she said, so uplifting. I think you ought to play it you know, when you finish up your talks. And I said, yeah, I agree, and Liberta agreed. In fact, we like K-Love so much, I even put on my special K-Love socks tonight. Those of you all that know me, I'm, I'm a pretty conservative guy, so this just took a lot for me to do that. So we're going we're gonna to play this. We're going to end this thing on a, a really, really positive note. This is such a song. And if you know the lyrics, which I had trouble understanding them, so I had them printed, but uh, Liberta said she didn't have any trouble. So anyway... Sing along if you know it. Hum along. Raise your hands if you want to. I just let's just finish this up. You ready? That the world has kind of lost its way mm-hmm. Crazy as it seems Yeah, I know it's gonna be okay Ooh, yeah It doesn't scare me It's temporary There's something better We got forever And it won't be long Cause we know our help is on the way The way So keep your head up
Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back.